The sausage. I'm seeing it get made. <laughs> I'm looking at the soundboard. Look at that sausage. Yeah. Now next, now I'll be just be ready for the next little baby. Oh, oh, oh! You mean? Here it comes. A little baby. You were even looking. <laughs> <laughs> It's Think Outside the Box Set Live Show Edition. Whoa! With a live studio audience of Gordo a the cat. cat. <laughs> and I say that because he is rich, not because well, he, is, he is also tubby, but yeah. he's very rich. Well, that's just his primordial patch. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put that in the learning links. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, put Steve Search on. Oh boy. Oh no. Uh, rule 34. Um, yeah, this, uh, th- welcome to Think of the Box this, Set. Uh, it's the internet's <laughs> only outrage machine. Um, and we are doing, w- would you call this a pallet? It's sort of yeah. a, a caboose to the John Mayer season. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, uh, I was listening, uh, back to the first couple of episodes because Becca and I were on a little road trip and I wanted her to hear it because she has. I think mostly as a Taylor Swift fan has like come across, I you know, John Mayer's pop cultural influence, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought she would appreciate it. And uh, I kept saying early on we should cover a live album, mm-hmm. and boy was I on to something. You're on something. something. <laughs> I was on something because <laughs> we decided to to cover uh, where. The light is. That's what this is called, right? Where the light things are. Where the light things are. Uh, where the light is, John Mayer live in Los Angeles. And we, it's very long. It's like a couple hours long. Yeah. And I said, maybe we'll do a multi-parter. And now I'm thinking, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe we are doing <laughs> maybe that. Maybe <laughs> this is it. Because uh, not a lot to chew on. I was hoping for a lot more. He said like one thing. Like in the first right. ten tracks or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's pretty bad and cringy. Yeah, it's pretty awful. I was hoping that he was going to like wax philosophical a bunch and say yeah. some funny shit. Well, he does that with his guitar. He just yeah. waxes that thing <laughs> philosophical all up and down the stage. He's just waxing it, yeah. wanking it, doing all the kinds of things to his guitar. Yeah, his symbol. It's not. It's not thrilling. No. Um, I will say. So there's three sets. There's two discs, three sets. The first set is like five or six songs, and it's all solo. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the part that I liked the most. I agree. Me too. Because you really get to hear John Mayer be totally exposed. Right. And make a lot of guitar and vocal decisions. Yeah. And I don't necessarily like think that every decision he made was super compelling but he did stray from the the recordings Mm -hmm. a lot he was clearly in an improvisatory space right in the way he was interpreting his songs and he was offering a a thing that was very different from the album and he nailed everything that he did yes vocally and guitar wise yeah i mean just not for nothing but like the skill he displays in being able to play the way he does and sing at the same time is that's fucking difficult. Yeah. Like a lot of people, 
I mean, maybe like one of the more famous ones is like Nirvana or whatever. Like if they do like an acoustic set or whatever, or even if they're playing live, they will just be playing like a stripped down version of the song where they're just like banging on chords or whatever, or just like not doing super complicated stuff if they're trying to play and sing at the same time, because it is very difficult to do complicated things in both those areas at the same time. And he does it. He like demonstrates quite a bit of skill. Yeah, that that is sort of my main takeaway, especially from that early part of the album, is just how much risk-taking I perceived him to have done and how he's just nailed it every time. Right. Like, everything that he did, he did competently and easily. And it was kind of... That alone, I did appreciate and enjoy, and I feel like heightened my ability to, like, appreciate John Mayer as a musician. Right. I agree. So that was cool. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I definitely feel like we can quibble and like disagree with the decisions and the decision making he displays, but like his execution yeah. was pretty amazing. The, and the only quibbling with the decision making would be like, maybe this is boring. Right. Or yeah. maybe this is cheesy or whatever. Or indulgent. Or, or yeah. But everything he did technically is great. That being said, he, he's playing like, with like fucking passive pickups, like on like oh. a direct in like acoustic guitar, like a piezo. Or if, pickup yeah, or it's yeah. so fucking bad. Yeah, they don't <laughs> like sound. I don't know why. It's like you have all these resources. You could be, you could use a microphone. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I'm just. I guess that to some people that's a desirable sound. I can't because, imagine why. Well, he, so here's an example. Like, have you ever like seen a live? Any sort of like live Latin American band that like uses um, any sort of fretted instrument that's like has a, a, a PA, you know, has an actual sound system. I mean, I definitely have. Like a mariachi or like, um, I'm thinking of this band Cimarron uh, and I have a Spanish language speech impediment and I can't do a double R. Oh, that's it. You should move to Paraguay because they don't really do that down there. Great. Sounds yeah. great. Well, <laughs> goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Time to go to Paraguay. Time to go to Paraguay. Yeah, so, Cimarron. Help me, Anthony Kiedis. Macaron, macaron. Macaron, They have this, like, they're, they're an amazing, I think they're Colombian. And they play this um, genre, I think is the the genre, the traditional music genre that they're playing. It's um, different kind of like, like nylon string, guitar analog instruments, mm-hmm. um, and harps, mm-hmm. and uh, upright bass, and percussion, and foot percussion, and singing. Mm. Um, a lot of like foot percussion in the dirt. It's really oh, cool. Huh. But... The thing is, all of the audio, like in their like live shows or in their videos, is um, is piezo like very oh. clearly like piezo pickups. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm I'm thinking like, is does this have something to do with the like the resources that's uh, like the technology of the tradition of the of the tradition intersect mm-hmm. in in the tradition intersecting and being like. At some point, this became the aesthetic, even though maybe oh, right. the reason they're using it in the, initially is because it was the cheapest option right. or something. Or like how some genres of music utilize 
um, not very advanced synths or something right. where it's like it, that has become the sound because that's the limitation of the technology at the time it was, you know, developed or whatever, yeah. because the main advantage of using these, these kinds of pickups from what I understand is that it allows you to amplify things a lot louder without having to worry about feedback as much. Yeah. No room noise. Right. But you lose all of the character of the way that the instrument sounds. If you're sitting on the other side of it, mm -hmm. or if you're in like a, in a parlor room kind of situation. Yeah. So, but that being said, you can have a, like a dynamic direction, hyper-directional mic pointed right at your guitar. It shouldn't be an issue. Right. Uh, so, I don't think I don't think that there's any sort of like real excuse for John Mayer to because I think it sounds cool when Cimarron is doing it. Mm -hmm. It sounds awesome, and I love it now in like mariachi bands because it's become this like cool thing, the sound, and they play differently to a to account for the sound, mm. and it's yeah. it's affected the vocabulary and the technique. Mm -hmm. um, I just I don't think that John Mayer is benefiting at all from using this like kind of pickup. Like, I don't mm -hmm. think it sounds good. I think he would sound better if he just had a microphone on his. Yeah. Or like a little like clip on microphone, anything. Right. Other than. Yeah. I wonder, pickup. I wonder if like, I mean, this was recorded in 2007, I believe came out in 2008. Um, and I wonder if just like this, like if he was playing a large enough venue or like, Mike, I know that Mike and PA the Nokia studio uh, <laughs> stadium, isn't that what it is? Nokia the, theater. Yeah. yeah the, I wonder how many people that seats. Cause, uh, or now it's the Microsoft theater. Oh my God. It only holds 7,100 people. It yeah. Does, I don't, I don't think there's any good excuse for it. It does have one of the largest indoor stages in the United States. So it doesn't have that many people and has a very large like stage. So I feel like you could have enough space to like separate him from the PA speakers yeah. and not feedback. Um, but it's like, he's singing into a microphone. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. he sounds great. Yeah. He sounds really good. Actually, I really enjoyed his singing a lot more than in the albums. Cause it's, it's nice to hear. There's so much like artifice, you know, in the albums and there's right. so much just like, Oh, this is so like boring, but it's like just being able to hear those little moments where maybe he slightly directs away from the mic. You know, like there's just those little human moments of like a live performance, even though he's such a microphone technician with his singing, mm -hmm. um, it makes a big difference and it just feels more real. And yeah, so I don't know. Hmm. I don't think there's any, I think it was just some decision that was made, Yeah, but I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me either. Uh, so we'll, we'll get to hear some of that, but once the John Mayer trio came out who you, you were telling me that they actually have their own albums. It, it is actually technically a live album, I believe. Okay. Um, so it is, comp it is composed of, uh, Steve Jordan, John Mayer and Pino Palladino and Pino Palladino. I remember his name from spending most of my teenage years on the talkbase.net forums. Oh my God. <laughs> Just compulsively, <laughs> <laughs> just, just, uh, deep in the throes of undiagnosed ADHD, <laughs> just not able to control myself, spending hours oh, every no. day on talkbase.net. Now I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> and he was one of those names of like, that would come up reverently as like, Oh, this like 
bass player. He's such a consummate professional. From Italia. <laughs> From, he's actually apparently half Italian and half Welsh. Oh, okay. And grew up in Wales. So Interesting. That's worth. But yeah, he is he is like very well regarded in among bassists and he apparently is like the bassist for the Who now and has been oh, since John Entwistle died. Um, which is those are pretty big shoes to fill. Yeah. because uh, John Entwistle was Those are some big talkbase.net names. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Name dropping left and right. The ox. You know you guys know the ox, right? Yeah, he's he rules. Look up, look up John Entwistle on, on YouTube if you want to see some okay, bass what, videos that blow your fucking mind. Uh, John Entwistle, E-N-T, whistle. Great. It's in there. Yeah. Um, it's in the learning links. In the learning. Prepare to learn yeah, from there's, these links. There's definitely some YouTube videos that are pretty mind-blowing of what he does. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's the John Mayer Trio. And they... Uh, Play atrocious dad rock. Yeah. Dad blues. Dad blues. <laughs> Yeah, they oh white. All right, is the rest of his band white? No, Steve Jordan is a black man. Is he? What is he? So he's the drummer. He's the drummer. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Mayer uh, called the trio. He said that he wanted to form the John Mayer Trio in order to play quote power rocking electric guitar in your face blues. Yeah. <laughs> and it pretty much lives up to how lame and out of touch and cringy that quote sounds. Yeah. 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 Um you got to be all in for just that basic sound and energy. You have to buy in a lot as an audience member. Yeah, but it's it's really hard for me to enjoy that short of I mean, it's basically like it's the same basic sound that like Jimi Hendrix is doing. All of the, like the timbres and basic like rhythms on paper. It's just boring because it's not as good. Mm-hmm. And they do a Jimi Hendrix song or a couple of them, and it's it's just boring. There's no like energy. I wonder if I should revisit Jimi Hendrix because do you like yeah? Do you like Jimi? Hendrix? I haven't even thought about Jimi Hendrix since I think I was 17 years old. Um. Yeah, I, I just, I've never been interested in electric blues in any way. I love a lot of forms of acoustic blues music, like the Piedmont blues or country blues or what is sometimes called hillbilly blues. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I love all that kind of shit. Well, I think, for one, his singing is incredible. And Jimmy. like his, yeah, his charisma as a vocalist is mm-hmm. so fun and so interesting. And it's also very trad. In the sense that it's like, it sounds like a lot of those like early black blues singers. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it feels like source recording stuff, but he's doing it in this rock setting mm-hmm. with more volume and more, uh, gain, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, it's just, I don't know. He says it's a bunch of fun stuff. Like he says in, uh, uh, fire, that song, let me stand next to your fire. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. After, well, like as he's going into the solo, he'll just say stuff like, Oh, move over, Rover. Oh, that's right. And let Jimmy take over. I remember. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Bye. <laughs> and then they'll go, meow, 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 meow. <laughs> and uh, it's just like fun. Mm-hmm. And there's some there's some sort of like salesmanship that goes behind the things that he's doing. And then I'm not like a guitarist really, but like I do think that his sound and his ideas there's just inherently more interesting. I don't know if it's the pocket. Mm-hmm. It's all the same basic scales. Right. 
You know, it's like everything on paper is the same, but there is something, there's a je ne sais quoi that John Mayer does not have. Right. Yeah. He has like little moments where it's like, oh, that was interesting. But mm-hmm. the rest of it feels sort of wandering and, um, it feels very generic. It feels very generic. When he, when he gets with the John Mayer trio and they play their, uh, power rock and electric guitar in your face blues, <laughs> it feels like you loaded up GarageBand and you like dragged over the sound sample that said like blues guitar zero one. <laughs> this is so mean. <laughs> but yeah, you're, yeah, it really does. And it's, <laughs> not very exciting. Yeah. So I would say the moments in the the, the John Mayer trio that were the best was, was when they weren't playing blues music. Right. They like, they play a couple. Um, I think what's that? Uh, the wire down to the wire. I think that it showed up on. Um, <laughs> fuck. What is that song called? What are you ta- What are you talking about? The, I don't think I got that the, like, far. The um. The, like, falsetto, like, down to the wire. Oh, yeah, the vultures. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that originally showed up on the live John Mayer trio album before showing up on John Mayer's, like, solo album. Um, So they play that as a trio, and it's great. Yeah, it is texture. It's actually texturally interesting. Mm -hmm. It's very catchy. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't sound generic. Yeah. It's earwormy. Yeah. The lyrics are kind of like unfortunate because they're, it's about how everyone's trying to cancel John Mayer and out to get him. <laughs> and he's a victim because mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone's too sensitive. Yeah. John Mayer is like in 2007, he's like, has cancel culture gone too far? Yeah. <laughs> I'm facing any criticism yeah. ever. And so therefore, uh, and li- little did he know. <laughs> little did he know that just three short years later, yeah. he would say some of the dumbest shit. That... You think you have my stupid mouth now? <laughs> just you wait, just John Mayer. It was all foreshadowing, I think. Uh, okay, let's let's talk about some songs. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, let's talk on? about the, the good. Yeah. See okay. me on. Yeah. She's always buzzing. She's living through my hands. It sounds like rubber bands. It does. Yeah. <laughs> it's like not good. So maybe we should delve into this a little bit, just like for people not in the know. This okay. is this is the Nathan's uh, gearhead nerdery okay. corner okay. counterpart to Cameron's music theory corner. Um, there's a number of different ways you can amplify a sound. Um, an electric guitar uses magnetic um, uh, uh, waves or pulses. Like the pickups on an electric guitar produce a magnetic field, and when the strings move in that magnetic field, it picks up uh, the motion and then it transmits that into sound. Um, so that's like how an electric guitar works on a very basic level. It's just, it's all magnets. Um, uh, how do they work? Magnets, how do they work? A piezo pickup, on the other hand, is. Um, it is like a thin element that essentially goes directly under the strings and it works on just physical contact. And so it is some sort of, I don't know what it's made of actually, but it is some sort of like membrane or uh, element uh, that is able to like sense the physical changes in the string or the like physical actual vibrations of the string itself. Um, What that means is you only get the sound right at where the strings are contacting the bridge. Yeah. Um, 
and any instrument, but like, you know, in this specific case, a guitar, if you try to play a guitar um, at various points between the neck and the bridge, it will sound very different. If you like uh, pick up near the neck, it will sound very bassy and like boomy and um, can be a little bit muddy sometimes. But if you pick really near the bridge, it will sound very trebly and kind of like quacky sometimes. Um, so the downside of a piezo pickup is that you lose out on a lot of like the dynamics of the guitar. You lose out on the way that the instrument's body resonates, I think, to a large degree. And that influences the acoustic sound of an instrument to a tremendous degree. Like the soundboard vibrating, the like sound waves bouncing off the back or the sides. There's a lot going on that produces the sound. And you are only taking like one pretty small element of it and amplifying that to the exclusion of basically everything else. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like you're turning your instrument into a MIDI instrument. It's like you're catching, you know, the, the pitches, the rhythms, the envelope, Mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, some of like the attack and like that and like Mm -hmm. the velocity and the, the volume and that stuff. But that's, there's so much more to like what makes, uh, music, music mm-hmm. <laughs> than those things, you yeah, know, and exactly. it's, yeah, it's like the sound of the room that you're in. It's the sound of the the physical space, you know, in the resonating chamber of your instrument, mm-hmm. um, the way it's set up, the wood of the, in- yeah, it's, it goes on and on and on. Right. And uh, you just don't get any of that stuff. And again, there are ways to like sort of weaponize that sound yeah. and to make art out of it, mm-hmm. you know, and to use limitations. But I don't think that is what John Mayer is doing. No. Like he would sound better if he, I think, I think yeah. he, cause he's a good guitarist. Yeah. This is what he we've really learned. Is. Yeah. Everything he's doing sounds great. It would sound more like the, the material. Too. Yeah. 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 It would be better if like we could actually hear the like, guitar playing. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, I, I sort of wonder if it's just because he's such an electric guitarist, if he just sort of, Oh, he didn't even think about it. He's like, Oh, I just plug it. There's a yeah. plug hole in this acoustic <laughs> guitar. Just plug it in and off we go. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's hard to imagine that he's just that careless, but I don't know how else to like explain it. Yeah. Okay. Should we talk about the, the, the intro? You texted me right after. Oh yes. Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> you started listening. We will listen to this and then I will read the text. The first song intro. Everyone's very excited. All seven, 7,100 people. Mm-hmm. He says thank you. He's very soft spoken in this yeah. performance. It's not much of a show. <laughs> Listen to this, this jazzy cat. <laughs> Again, like, I might have more patience for this if I could actually hear the guitar sounds. Yeah. We're just hearing the string sounds, basically. We're not hearing the guitar, we're hearing the string is, like, the the main difference. Uh, But I texted Cameron saying, wow, this live album starts and John immediately starts wanking around. It's, it feels very indulgent. It's yeah. just like, here, look at me do, uh, I'm going to like boom on the bass strings and go on the treble strings. And it's, I'm going to, this is a, this is, it's, it's like all that stuff that shows up on YouTube under like, if you search for like acoustic guitar music or what, there's like the whole <laughs> subgenre of people who 
like play and a lot of them do like tapping or like yeah hitting the body of the instrument percussively it's like speaking of which you should do the sound sample it says on his andy mckee as an andy mckee the the person who yes. kind of invented or popularized that youtube genre yeah so here's that same song entire reason he's using a piezo pickup because i believe what he's doing is doing two hand tapping on the acoustic guitar and so not to go too basic here but typically for like a right-handed player they will be pressing down the strings to the frets with their left hand and they will be picking or strumming or activating the strings with their right hand yeah um and usually mirror image for left-handed people but not always um what he's doing is taking both hands and tapping them on the fretboard. Um, and just the, the physical like violence of hitting the string with his finger is the only sound it's making. And if you try to do that on an acoustic instrument, you will not make a lot of volume. You will not make a lot of noise. And that might be the only reason he's using the piezo pickup because that's, it will be picked up by the pickup, but not, it will not be amplified by the guitar. Volume. That's a good point. However, people who like make their, careers out of playing guitar like that put a lot of effort into making it sound not bad (laughs) because the actual if you do that without any sort of setup it Mm -hmm. doesn't sound good because when you tap on an acoustic guitar like you're hearing a lot of the unpleasant sound of the actual tap itself right which isn't great yeah it's not the best it's not the most pleasant sound you have to work really hard just to minimize that and to get it to maybe sound cool or good or interesting. And, uh, you're also hearing the, uh, you're hearing the note on either side of the string. Right. Because when you, when you strike a string like with a pick and Mm -hmm. you're, and you're fretting it, you're only hearing the vibrations of the string between your, uh, between your fretted finger and the bridge. Right. But when you tap, you're hearing, both lengths of the string. You're hearing the note on the other side between the nut and your finger. Gotta get and that nut. You gotta get the nut. Um, and that's what it's all about at the end of the day. At the end of the day. <laughs> and you're hearing the note. Uh, I mean, I could. Yeah, do you want to do a yeah, live yeah, demonstration? Yeah, yeah. yeah let, let me do it. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll take a listen. Yeah. Okay. I hope this is interesting to people because we've, I mean, we've already talked about like the songwriting and the lyrics of these guitar or these songs rather. And we've talked about the lyrics of these guitars. We've talked about the lyrics of the guitars. And, um, so we don't necessarily need to revisit that for like, especially this song. So I hope going kind of a deep dive on live music and pickups and reproduction and performance. I hope that is interesting to people and that this is good. And we're not just also doing a bunch of wanking John Mayer style. I'm, uh, I'm playing my um, new guitar right here uh, that Nathan purchased for me because he is want to uh, lurk still. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's an in- instrument prospector, and uh, and I'm not, and I have just 
probably the world's worst guitar. It's very bad. And it's it's liable, like, the I've, bridge is about to fly across the room and cut your neck off. I've literally billed people money to listen to me play this guitar and to watch me do it, which is inexcusable <laughs> at, like, my point in my career. It's stupid. Yeah. And, and I literally just, like, bought a new fiddle, like, but I still hadn't done it with guitar. Anyway, so Nathan got me this. Uh... Thank you, Nathan. You're welcome. <laughs> it was such a big improvement. Basically free. Okay. So um, here is uh, here, here's a uh, B-string fifth fret. And I'm going to um, – actually, let me let me do the 12th. No. It's got to be something dissonant. Okay. Yeah. So here's, uh, here's the – Ninth fret. Ninth fret. And I'm going to pick it. You can only hear one note there. And here it is tapped. You should be able to hear this note and this note at the same time. Here we go. Yeah. That should be, I'll do it right up on the mic. Should be coming through. So it makes like a little dissonant harmony. Right. And when you're doing that, like a bunch of notes all together, it's not going to like, it's going to be, it's going to be different than just picking those notes. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and also, yeah, the timbre of this it's not very pleasant. No. You have there's a lot of technique that goes into like making that an excusable thing to do. <laughs> um, excusable, yeah. Yeah, it's like Yeah, the people who really make it sound good or not bad even uh, have to do an, a tremendous amount of work in their technique but also in their setup to make all of the, they, I think they do like a lot of EQing and mm -hmm. rolling off of high ends and things like that. So mm -hmm. it's just the information that they actually want to convey. So like, I don't feel like John Mayer has like done any of that work to be able to do yeah. that kind of thing. And it's one thing if it's just like a, an ephemeral moment on a show, but like for like a thing that's recorded and you mm -hmm. listen to later out of context, it's really lost <laughs> translation. So yeah. Yeah. On the other hand, let's listen to some vocal riffing because he's, yeah. he does some lovely singing in this in this performance. Yeah. That was actually some pretty fun guitar playing behind it too. Like yeah. it didn't sound like a, it. You know what it, it reminds me of? Dave Matthews for some reason. I don't. I don't know if it's just. I don't know why. I, why I'm getting that. I wonder if it's because my sophomore roommate was like a huge Dave Matthews fan guy and would like go and see them in the Gorge every year. Uh, and I think maybe he listened to a bunch of like live Dave Matthews, which probably also featured a bunch of piezo pickups. So maybe that's what is making me think of it. But it, it has a certain Dave DMB style like cast to it for me. Yeah, I mean, I again, like I think a lot of his actual playing when he's using a pick or when he's finger picking, like the actual technique is really good. Uh, it's just the uh, yeah, the setup is wanting. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think his singing is great, and like he totally pulls it off, and it feels very in control, but also very like organic and like uh, 
not decision making exactly, but just sort of like he's in a flow state and it's really pleasant to listen to him mm. make those intuitive decisions yeah. in the moment and, and then to pull them off. That kind of thing is cool. I almost wish I had like listened to that early on so that like in when we're listening to his studio stuff, we could be like, oh yeah, maybe like this is just him doing that. Right. And then choosing the best of each little moment, you know? Mm -hmm. So as opposed to, it's just different. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like premeditated or Mm -hmm. it feels artificial, you know? Yeah. Uh, Let's move, let's move on. Should we do Stop This Train? Sure. We we shouldn't do every song, but. Yeah, definitely not. Generations led the way from fighting life out on my own. Oh, come on, stop this train. I wanna get off and go home again. I can't take the speed. I mean, again, this is better, I think, because he's doing this per- this percussive, like muting of his strings. Mm-hmm. And that is a, there's not that much information going on there. And that actually sounds good. Cause like what we're hearing is those kind of unpleasant timbres of piezo pickup notes being interrupted constantly. Yes. So I feel like exactly. this one sounds better. <laughs> um, this song is from Continuum. This is just the one about him, like, I don't know, being a little Peter Pan, mm-hmm. <laughs> like not wanting to grow up. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And, I think it's a very understandable sentiment, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's got a really weird opening lyric. I don't know if we talked about this. <laughs> no, I'm not colorblind. I know the world is black and white. I tried to Wait. keep an open mind. Hang what? on. <laughs> I thought the whole point of like the black and white, uh, like typical, the way, typically the way that that metaphor is used is like someone who is not accurately like thinking about the world, you know, it's like, you're reducing the world into binary zero one black or white. Right. Whereas the world itself has infinite complexity and shades of gray. Yeah. So for him to say colors. Yeah. Yeah. That too. (laughs) No, mostly just shades of gray. I think think it's all shades of gray. I'm actually part dog. (laughs) I think they can only see in grayscale. I think, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, Yes, for him to say, I'm not colorblind, I know the world is black and white, it's a very odd thing to say. No, it doesn't really track. No. Yeah. I just can't sleep on this tonight, he says. Mm. Stop this train. Um, It's hard to sleep on a train. Yeah. It's harder to sleep on a bus, though. Yeah, he could have maybe mentioned some of that stuff. Specifics are good. Um, Again, more stuff that that is offered in the live performance that isn't in the albums... He does this like pretty good whistling break. Mm-hmm. I think to do to sing one of the lead guitar parts or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to play that? Yeah, it's pretty good whistling. It's hard to whistle on the mic. It's got some vibrato, high pitch. It's hard to have a big range whistling. Yeah, that actually sounds great. It's good whistling. It's it not like. like um, Andrew Bird whistling. Right. But it's... He's so high and ethereal. Yeah. Like, otherworldly. It's like he's playing a theremin with his lips. Yeah. But, like, it sounds like a like a, a whistle-ass whistle. It's a good yeah. whistle. It it's is. It's an ass yeah. whistle. And it's in tune, <laughs> which is always a plus for whistling, because so, so many times I will, like, see someone in a grocery store, 
and like a song that they like will come on the loudspeakers or whatever because we have to have music everywhere always at all times. Um, keep and the demons at bay. Keep the demons at bay. That's why exactly. John. That's why John Mayer is actually making all this smooth music <laughs> for grocery stores. Yeah, I, I <laughs> to keep people from just killing each other. Basically, <laughs> in the lawless Mad Max wasteland that is the American grocery store. Actually, incidentally, I did hear "Daughters" at Home Depot a while oh my back, God. and I was like, "This is what this song was made for." Uh, that song fucking won a Grammy, which is crazy. Anyway, um, what was I talking about? Oh, whistling. Yeah, so a song that someone likes will come on the loudspeaker. And instead of singing along even quietly to themselves and being like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, (laughs) rock and roll, yeah, woo, I want to rock, and do you want to roll? You know, like those famous... I love that song. Those famous songs that everyone, like, loves to sing along to. This person... That I'm talking about. I'm sure you've seen them, dear listener. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure you've seen them. They will instead whistle along to the song because they feel self-conscious singing. But they don't feel self-conscious whistling, even though they are not even on the same planet in terms of, like, tonality with what the song actually is. It's this weird thing where people don't feel self-conscious whistling along, but if they were to sing along, they would feel self-conscious. I, I don't get it because the whistling, it sounds bad. Are you a good whistler? No, obviously not. Let's have a whistle off. Oh, well, no, no, play, play the whistle thing again and we'll see who can whistle the best. Oh boy. Or the worst. I'm the one on one side. I don't know. I think that's equal. Is it? I feel like you you got a bit, you get a bit better timbre going on, maybe some more vibrato. I wasn't trying to win. I was just curious. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no, no stake I in think my whistle. Trying, you make everything a competition. <laughs> Everyone knows this. You're the most competitive person. All right, maybe we should move on. Yes. <laughs> There's a new song in your atmosphere. L.A. song. L.A. song. Wow. L.A. is a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stare I don't want to be around anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's a callback to our weekly mini show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So what's in the box weekly? We talked about, I think you should leave season two. For a very long time. And one of my favorite quotes. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to be around anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and you can get access to that if you just kick us a few bucks on Patreon. Kick support, us the bucks. Support.box at that website. You'll get all our bonus materials, which includes a, a lot of... Is it almost two years now of this yeah. mini show? Yeah. yeah. Tons of this stuff. It's a culture club. You'll learn about culture. all kinds of cool stuff. Books, movies, TV shows. Programming languages, phrases, thoughts, ideas, drinks, foods... Check it out. Chartreuse. Chartreuse. That's, uh, yeah, it's a drink. Th- this, this is a very simple song. It's it's just like he had a breakup with someone in L.A. And he's like, L.A. I think L.A. is is over because I'm in this giant, sprawling nightmare city. Like, I might run into this one person. <laughs> Seems pretty likely. In this, in this city with no public transit. No public spaces. Yeah. 
I might run into this person. Although he does say, I'd die if I saw you. I'd die if I didn't see you there. Whoa. It's almost like it's a con it's like a paradox, yeah. man. <laughs> well, sometimes love is complicated. And I think that's Whoa. what John Mayer is getting at here. Every rose has do, its thorn. <laughs> I do actually like kind of like that. I think that's sort of the redeeming line in this. I, I don't yeah. think this is a bad song. Yeah, it's actually like pretty good as far as John Mayer goes. Um, uh, and the little metaphor here, I'm going to steer clear or burn up in your atmosphere. That's kind of a, an interesting idea that like this woman has this like radius around her. This and gravitational if, yeah, pull. And if he gets too close, then he will burn up. Upon re-entry. Yeah. Is that an <laughs> innuendo, right. you think? <laughs> uh, I think that's kind of a... He doesn't explore the metaphor, but I think it's a pretty good metaphor. Yeah, it's not yeah. bad. Yeah. Verse 2 is, is kind of interesting. Uh, I don't think I'm going to go to L.A. anymore. I'd get lost on the boulevard at night without your voice to tell me, I love you, take a right. <laughs> that's not how people give directions, but that's I'll, not... I'll let you have it. I need, I need constant, um, <laughs> constant affirmation. <laughs> Do you love me? <laughs> that's what you say after every single direction. Um, tell me tell me you love me or I'm going to drive this off the road. <laughs> <laughs> so help me God, I will drive off the nearest cliff if you don't tell me you love me. And then the last line of that verse, the 10 and the 2 is the loneliest sight. Californians. California. No, he means the, the, the hand position on the wheel. Oh, of course. You know, I was mean, assuming they're talking the about the 10 as a freeway or the 2. Oh, I don't think they're... No, you're, of course you're right. In, in LA. The 10 and the 2. Up here, we, we just like to call them I-5. Do you drive with the 10 and 2? Um, I've heard that's pretty roughly, yeah. I've heard that drivers that has walked that back because... Mm. If an airbag goes off, then it's like not as safe as having whatever the opposite of ten and two is. Drive it low. Uh, drop it low. Drop it low. Uh, four and eight, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I guess that, that is right. right. Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to drive from down there, like underhanded driving. I yeah. I, do, I still overhand drive. I think I underhand drive. Really? Yeah. I'm just so macho. I like to lean back and like. <laughs> I got a low rider, and the, the, the when I honk on the horn, it goes. I'm glad we did a sound check. Yeah, <laughs> and I got the hydraulics that like bounce it up and down. You know, I got the whole thing going. You got to go overhanded when you got that set up. Nathan's very popular in Vancouver, Washington. <laughs> yes, um, I said there's pretty oo's in this song. I don't Ooh. remember them. Ooh, ooh. What is this sound? It's, it feels very like 90s folk rock or something. Yes. Like the open voicing on the guitars. and Is it a Dave Matthews song? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I think it sounds good. Yeah, he's doing great. Good. Yeah. Um, typically for John Mayer, he takes the lyrics a step too far. Um, instead of showing us, he just flat out tells us in the outro, wherever I go, whatever I do, I wonder where I am in my relationship to you. Okay. It's like, I think we got that, John. I think we picked that up. Um, wherever you go, where, where, wherever you are, I watch that pretty life play out in pictures from afar. And this is before Insta. Yeah. Even. 
So. It has a private eye. <laughs> yeah. Taking pictures. He hired one of the Pinkertons. <laughs> oh, my God. Follow okay. this lady around. Did you see that, like, Emily Blunt is going to play in this movie uh, the first female Pinkerton detective? Oh, no. And, like, I don't exactly know where it's supposed to go, like, what the movie's going to be about. But, like, my the vibe so far is the way that people are responding is, like, it's going to be, like, a girl boss movie. Oh, no. You know? Like, girl, in a very literal sense, like, a union-busting girl boss. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Does she, like, fly a plane over a bunch of miners and drop bombs on them? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Which I, I'm pretty sure... I can't remember if that's the National Guard or the Pinkertons, yeah. but... There definitely were some like striking workers literally bombed in this country. Again, I think it's great that pandering is at that people are starting to pander to identity politics now. Yeah. And I think it's a good sign. Yes. But it is still profoundly evil. Yes. And, and disconcerting. And so, so horrifically dystopian. <laughs> yeah. Especially because if it were a movie about a male Pinkerton, they would not be pretending it was progressive. Yeah, like the the kind of like self righteous like, oh, it's a female Pinkerton. Uh, is just like, I mean, I f- I feel like we talk about it literally every episode, but it's like the inclusion, yeah. the inclusive atrocity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So see uh, the last five hundred episodes for our, our full discussion <laughs> on that the, topic. Get uh, the co-host of the show. At this yeah, point. exactly. Um, yeah, or uh, check out the. Um, we've talked about this. I mean, you introduced me to, the, to this, but the Behind the Police series of Behind uh, the Bastards. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast, that's a good so. one. Yeah. All right. Um, what else should we talk about? About daughters shows up. Okay. There's a slide guitar solo. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a completely solo show. Because yeah. there's steps up. yeah a slide guitarist pops out for is it just the one song or I think it is yeah. that's it yeah do they show okay it's but, pretty good it's yeah. pretty fun slide guitar is a fun sound I don't think they have a piezo if I remember <laughs> so. yeah I think it actually sounds good let's take a listen. Yeah, I mean, even if it is PSO, there's a lot more stuff happening on the string yeah. and a lot more sort of tense timbres happening between the contact of the slide and the string. And so, like, maybe a lot more of that gets yeah transmitted. Uh, it's also just, like, really thrilling to hear um, non-fret intonation just yes. at any time on a guitar. And yeah. slides can do that. You know, there's that moment where the guitarist goes up. Mm-hmm. And they don't quite get it right on the fret. And there's like a, a differently intoned note mm-hmm. that is not just where it's not an equal temperament, you know, mm-hmm. fretted uh, little chord. And uh, it sounds cool. Yeah. It's I like agree. exciting, intense. Yeah. So all those glissandi gl- is, is how you would uh, <laughs> pluralize it. Uh, should we talk free falling? <laughs> Free balling, here we go. And all the bad boys standing in the shadows, and the girl girls are home with broken hearts, and I'm free. 
falling, falling. What is what is this song about? It's about a good girl who loves her mama. She loves Jesus and America too. She she's still a good girl and she's crazy about Elvis. She loves horses and her boyfriend too. Okay, horse girl. Yeah. Uh, there's a freeway running through the yard. I I don't really know. It sounds like uh, the vamp. It's it's something that's it's about L.A. I guess. There's a, there's a lot of like g- gendered like it's bad boys and good girls. Yep. And like it sounds like Tom Petty in the song is uh, feeling bad about or de- or not feeling bad about being bad. I'm a bad boy because I don't even miss her. Yeah. Even, even I even though, thinking. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Chomp song. Ah, what's up, Doc? <laughs> Chomp song, carrot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> left turn at Albuquerque. So, um, it. I mean, it seems like a song about just being like feeling kind of alienated in this again, like dystopian nightmare of a city that is L.A. There's a freeway running through the yard in Reseda, um, and he seems to be away from this girl and uh, doesn't appear to intend to go back to her. I don't know. That's kind of what, that's the vibe I pick up from the song. Like he is kind of uh, like lost in space in LA and he's not going back. Huh. I think it's a more effective LA song probably. Oh, definitely. Ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't even like the song very much. No. It's, I think it's more effective. Uh, he says about the song free fall and became a cover because I love the tune and I was in my apartment playing it for somebody and I can't sing free falling out. So I had to rewrite the melody out of necessity and shrink it range wise. And that's the only way I'll get to do a cover song. Okay. A, that's the only excuse for the song existing. That's the only like compelling thing about the song. B, do you think that's actually true? We've hit him hit some, like we've heard him hit some pretty high notes. Yeah. And especially if he went falsetto, you know, does he not sing it? I mean, play that sample again. Does oh, he go? Tom Petty goes pretty high. He doesn't go as high as Tom Petty. And all the bad boys standing in the shadows and the girl girls the girl girls home with broken hearts and I'm free. And Tom Petty's way higher. Oh, yeah, he's like free falling up there. Yeah. Free falling up there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um... He really does sing girl girls instead of good girls. That's a, uh, a mistake. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> that brings me to one of my favorite bits of trivia on the Wikipedia um, article for this album, Where the Light Is, the live album. It says, <clears throat> this is, these are not sourced claims. Uh, so I believe this was probably just typed up into Wikipedia by someone who was at the concert. Yeah. Uh, but it says the, the songs, no such thing and bigger than my body were played on the evenings as well, but did not make it to the final release. This is likely due to John singing an incorrect lyric in no such thing singing. Well, I never lived the Kings of the prom Kings rather than the correct lyric. Well, I never lived the dreams of the prom Kings. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I've fucking been there. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to say words, right? Well, I mean, he's doing so many things at once. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be hard to remember the lyrics to a song yeah. in under ideal, optimal conditions. Yeah, yeah. But to, like, throw in both your hands are, like, doing wildly different things. Yeah. And you're trying to sing and hit the, like, get the volume yeah. and the pitch and everything. I think it is hilarious that Girl Girls got <laughs> its way in there. Oh, the girl girls. <laughs> the girl girls. Yeah. That's how I think of, Is he like, 
trying to say like cis women <laughs> like before we had the like the language oh maybe the girl girls yeah he's the, the ones he's that are girls ahead of the curve progressive wise <laughs> yes, that's it, probably what it that's is that's probably what it is yeah we know john mayer he's so progressive <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's talking about girly girls and they're just very femme sure not the tom boys no not the tom petty boys yeah <laughs> tom wait is it, is it tom petty boys or tomboy petties do you think <laughs> and this should also be the name of the fan club <laughs> For male uh, fans of Tom Petty. Uh, yeah, this is an entirely unnecessary cover. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, w- I would say the whole, the best part of this song is the high, big high note. Yeah, because again, it's it's, a it's also like... Barbaric yop. It's a bar- <laughs> it is a barbaric yop, yeah. And it's it's like super reverby. It really like evokes in a sort of synesthetic way the feeling of just like kind of floating out into space free falling um, in a way that John Mayer absolutely does not in any way. Yeah. And it's weird that he's saying that's the only way I'll get to do a cover song. Yeah. He totally could sing this. I don't know why. I don't know. We've heard him hit like, like even just just listen to those pretty oohs. Yeah. Those were higher, weren't they? I mean, they were, I mean, false. I mean, yeah, you know, different, different vowels, you know, and different consonants are harder to sing. Maybe it's something like that. Yeah. Maybe ooze are the only thing you can get up that high. I don't know. I feel like we've heard some pretty high yeah. other stuff. I mean, cool. also the it is a full voice, you know, free fall. Like the, I think the Tom yeah. Petty does, and maybe that's the issue maybe. is that he would have to do a falsetto. I wonder if it would just if he thought it just didn't sound good falsetto. Yeah. But then again, why did he fucking do it? Yeah. Whatever. Exactly. I mean, again, he's doing a show. And it's like a crowd pleaser. And I think the way that a lot of people engage with music is, oh, this is a moment that's like for me because this is a song I already know how to appreciate. And this is like a fun, oh, I got to see John Mayer do Free Fallen. Right. And you it's know, kind it's of more overlaid in their mind with their memory of the yeah. studio recording they've listened to a thousand times. And it's about being able to see, yeah, I saw John Mayer at the fucking Nokia theater. Yeah. And uh, he's totally saying Free Falling. It was great. It was me and it's about 7, the story that you'll still and like. 99 of my yeah. closest friends. <laughs> we were all Free Falling. We were all Free Falling together. <laughs> uh, let's. We gotta do. Soon. We gotta. We gotta transition into the next. Oh, so yeah. that that finishes out the acoustic set that is mostly solo, but didn't involve a backup vocalist for free falling and a slide guitarist for daughters. It would have been nice to have that slide guitarist like just the whole time. The whole time that would have yeah. been a treat. It would have been great. Yeah, yeah. But Although we might have missed out on his whistling. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, which I would make that trade. Maybe. Well, what... Uh... Okay, so from there, we transition... <laughs> In your face. Into... Yeah, let me get the, the, the quote. Uh, Power rockin' electric guitar, in-your-face blues. Now, here it is. Talking about worries and problems, people. Can you have the blues that you can't do the blues? <laughs> I got them not doing the blues, blues. blues. <laughs> <laughs> Incapable of blues, blues. Uh, John Mayer does not have the voice for the blues. Like, full stop. It's too breathy and too pretty. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're experts on... The blues. The blues. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we... <laughs> 
we're figureheads in that community, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> For decades. We've guided the whole scene, I think. But yeah, in all in all seriousness, no, though, like, I mean, there's, it has to, uh, going back to the barbaric, yeah, it has to yeah. be about, like, a certain type of theater. Yeah. You know, that, like, John Mayer doesn't seem to really have, like, the capacity to, yeah, to perform vocally. Yeah. He's a great vocalist. Yes. But there's a certain kind of, it's not that it has to, <laughs> I'm sure there's a great blues musicians out there who aren't necessarily, they haven't necessarily had like horrible lives or whatever. Right. You know, yeah. it's like knowing how to like, uh, engage in the idiom and like do, you know, but like it's, it feels like there's something he doesn't get. There's about the performance, if not the, ex- the experience behind it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I would, I would say the same if he was trying to sing heavy metal or sure. even straight up like rock and roll. He, yeah. he doesn't, I don't know if it's like he chooses not to sing this way or is incapable of singing it, but he, he, his vocal sound seems like specifically tailored to be on in the background at Home Depot or Starbucks. <laughs> so mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it totally and, and his guitar like playing so, too. It's, it's very breathy and like unassuming and pretty and sweet, which yeah. has a, a good sound to it and is good for it's what it is. But it's like, he's not belting out like chubby checker song. Yeah. You know, or yeah. Slayer songs. <laughs> and, and I think it's, important is like to say it's not a it's not this like immutable quality right it's not that you're saying like he is incapable physically of doing that or he just doesn't have it in him it's just that whatever work would need to happen in order for him to sell it he hasn't done that work exactly or hasn't accomplished it yeah because I mean, the voice is an instrument yeah. and what since <laughs> <laughs> when i think this is this is an important thing because like a lot of people don't feel that way like uh they people think of the voice as an extension of the personality right you know and it sure it is but no more so than an instrument is you know right. yeah i mean maybe in some kind of ways because it's your first instrument you know yeah. um for everyone like just by speaking or most being people carry with them yeah <laughs> exactly uh but uh so there are I'm not trying to be too obtuse. There are some ways that it's like, yeah, a little bit more intimate because it's your body. There's no prosthesis, you know, but, but still it is an instrument and it's something you can like change and you can use different techniques on. And like, yeah, I don't think we're trying to say John Mayer can't do the blues. We're saying John Mayer hasn't effectively sung the blues. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, or done the work to figure out how to do it. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta suit your performance to the song or the genre you're participating in. Yeah, like on a very basic level. Like even just like an example of the Beatles doing "Twist and Shout." John Lennon is screaming at the fucking top of his lungs. Is that John Lennon? I believe that? it's John Lennon. Oh, yeah, I thought it was. He's just Paul Holleran. I think it's John. Okay, great. And he like completely tore up his voice real bad from what I understand. Like, yeah, he was super hoarse for like days afterwards, but he, it's an incredible performance. Yeah. It's amazing. And he's just screaming. And that is, that is, uh, 
part of what makes that performance so good. But it's oh, like, yeah. if, it fits the genre and the song really well. If it was a different vocal performance, that song would be absolutely insufferable. Imagine like a breathy John Mayer being like, twist and shout. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I insist you imagine it. You've ruined my day and you have ruined Ferris Bueller's day off. Good day to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But like John Lennon could also... Do like a sweet ballad. I mean, yeah. in between beatings of his wife. <laughs> Sorry. It's not really funny. It's just, uh, you caught me off guard. <laughs> yeah. We're not trying to lionize John Lennon. We're not trying to, no, I'm <laughs> yeah. not trying to. Fact, Unless by lionize you mean he's a dangerous man. He's a dangerous beast. <laughs> Yes. In that sense, we are a lion. Don't go him. near him. And we're trying Treat to... him like a wild animal. Yes. He has no self-control. Exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. The people who are like... I, I, You can tell a lot about people by who their favorite beetle is. And I think <laughs> the people... The worst of the lot are the ones whose favorite beetle is John Lennon. Yeah. Uh, if your answer isn't George or Ringo, I don't really <laughs> understand. I love Paul. I think he's great. But like, yeah, I love George Harris. I, mean, I think George is is my top yeah. one. But I do also really like Paul McCartney's like scattershot approach to songwriting yeah. and how he just like gets bored super quickly. Like this, the second half of yeah. Happy Road, he's just like he, he writes a song. Going to write an opera <laughs> all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah, he's like he's forty five seconds into a song, he's like, I'm bored. Next song. <laughs> it's yeah, it's great. Really I love that part of it. He he does get a little bit schmaltzy though. Yeah. Yeah, you you don't buy the Ringo as the chaos pick. That's that's a inch, that's a chaos. That is a Have, chaos pick. I mean, same album. Have you heard Octopus's Garden? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to be under the sea. <laughs> Have you seen the point? <laughs> oh my god, I did when I was a very small child. Yeah. It's weird. I remember the um, the bouncing big breasted ladies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that'll. It's subtle in print. It's a sticky, it's a sticky, sticky image in so many ways. Yeah. Um, side note: uh, we should link in the learning links to uh, the scene from Walk Hard where they uh, they have the Beatles in India. Oh yes, of course. It's you. So you've seen the scene, but not the movie. I've seen the movie. Oh, you I've have. Since watched it after you told me a, a million times. Oh, I just forgot that when you recently. Sent me a video where in the background it was the walk hard version of That's Amore. I forgot that that was in the movie. Uh, and, I, and I didn't know that they recorded an entire version of it. They actually oh, yeah. kind of slaps. It does. <laughs> it's slap. really good. Yeah. It's, it's played off in the movie like it's bad. Mm -hmm. But the full version, it's like, wow, this is like a, it's pretty fun yeah. <laughs> and silly, but good. I mean, yeah, John, John C. Riley is like pretty great at guitar and singing and yeah pulls off a pretty great performance of like uh like if you were to imagine like a, a cheesy version of johnny cash singing that's amore that's what yeah it's great uh okay uh, can we be done soon what do you yeah wanna... definitely should we just should we just talk about out of my mind and do that cringe intro and then maybe do oh, vultures yes please okay great okay. we're gonna skip to tracks 11 and 12 here's the intro <clears throat> To out of my mind, and I didn't take a general sound sample. This it was too boring. <laughs> okay, I have to stop right there. 
Those are the opening notes to Let's Get It On. Or, yeah. Or, or very similar. The, I got finished. Yeah, it's us. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, because that, that song starts with the guitar notes, like those three, like, ascending notes. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. To be fair, it's just an ascending pentatonic scale to the tonic. But it's so, he like. The timbre. It seems like he's doing the same timbre and like, um, I don't know if there's like some slight reverb. Or, he seems to be specifically trying to evoke that. Yeah. For whatever reason. Which is just a way to let people down. <laughs> yes, it is. Because this was one of those songs where I was like, oh, he's going to play Let's Get It On. And I was like, no, he's not. Yeah. And then he goes on to say... Yes. <laughs> they're, they're cheering because they think he's... Yeah. yeah. They are. Let me first say how wonderful it feels... To know that it's 2007 and we just launched into a slow blues and 7,000 people in LA went nuts. All they, is not lost. All is not lost. I didn't, I didn't put that together. They went nuts because of what you're saying. I think they, they, they thought, thought he was going to play. Let's get, it, let's on. get it on. And he's like, wow, these people love a slow blues. <laughs> you know what? I was going to have my intro be nice and short. I'm going to keep it going for a couple minutes because <laughs> they're so horny for this blues. <laughs> Let's do a bunch more slow, boring blues because you guys love it so much. And he really does go on for quite a while. And uh, yeah, there's that first song that we listened to of the the trio. That was a cover. But the the most of the rest of these are original songs from the John Mayer trio. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they're really fucking boring. And I don't like it. Yeah. I mean, to the extent that they're trying to play blues, they're boring. There's one song where it's... It almost, I thought they were like going to do a weird, like fucked up cover of a Yes song, mm-hmm. which is like prog rock. I forget which song that was. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, there's one that says a silly intro on Good Love is on the Way. Is it that one? Maybe. Good Love! Nope. Oh, no. Well, no, let's, <laughs> let's listen to him sing it because this okay. is actually pretty funny. He's specifically trying to sound like another song. That that uh, good lovin' song, which I guess was uh, the Rascals. It sounds like he's trying to sound like I'm going to play a, a, the intro, the oh, okay. beginning of it. Okay, if it will play. Are you playing it? I'm trying to. One, two, three. Oh yeah. yeah. Trying to sound like that. I'm not song. sorry that we tricked you. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's like, "Yeah!" And then he's like, "Who's a real rascal?" Yeah, John Mayer. John Mayer is the real rascal. Uh, shit. Oh, by, by the way, I want to say that this this song is is kind of like the 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 end to the song "The Wheel." His other song, it's where he says like. Someday I'll see the love that I gave return to me. Like this is a song about like how he's just like keeps losing in love mm-hmm. because he hasn't found like the one. Right. And yeah. like he's going to get it someday. Yeah, he just has to hang in there. Yeah. Uh, Cause the one is out there for him as opposed to like, he needs to ju- 
<laughs> be the one. Yeah. To drastically change some of his ideas. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, at, at least to like start dating separate from his penis. <laughs> his David Duke cock. <laughs> exactly. Um, that is his words, not mine, in case you're just now joining us. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Uh, let's talk about vultures. Yeah. Live, live vultures. Yeah, we it's know great. this one. Yeah, we know this one. This Catchy is, little song. It's one of his, I think, singles. Or, I don't know if it was, like, all that popular, but it, it was it was catchy enough that even the first time of us going through John Mayer's discography and hearing this song, I was like, oh, I recognize that, because I'd heard it at least once or twice before. Probably at a McDonald's or something. <laughs> Home Depot. Home Depot. One of these corporate chains. Yeah. A Subway restaurant. Uh, Eat Fresh. And, um, yeah, it, it had stuck in my mind uh, because it is it is pretty catchy. That, like, falsetto yeah. chorus and, like, that, that muted uh, kind of percussive guitar. Yeah. That idea that you're a victim and that you haven't done anything wrong and that... There are people that want you to fail because they're jealous. Or yeah. Because they're, they're just they're haters. <laughs> the haters are all around you. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I do not think we are going to necessarily end up doing a part two to this episode. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, there's a, a bunch more. He does a full band set at some he point. He does do that, which is a lot of stuff that we um, have already covered. He does two more covers. He's got a Ray Charles and an Otis Redding cover, which I'm sure I'm sure he pulls off so well. (laughs) And whenever he tries to participate in black music, the results are just like stellar. (laughs) Bon appetit. Um, Well, he has a hood pass. (laughs) Oh no, that's right. He did say that at one point. I wonder how many people he used the N word around. I wonder, like he says that he hasn't, and that was his one exception. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I that's I what he would imply. I don't know if I believe him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, but mostly it's uh, we get like this waiting on the world to change. Why Georgia? Uh, belief, like a bunch of stuff. Most of it is from Continuum, actually. Well, I think we, I think we did what we said we would set out to do, which is yeah. what what does John have to offer in a live show? Mm-hmm. What are his? What are the things that don't? translate as well to like a studio album. I think what we learned is he's a very competent musician and most Mm -hmm. of the, and he's capable of making a lot of improvisatory decisions in the moment uh, and, and like pulling them off. And that was cool. And it made me have a lot more respect for him as a musician, which was nice. And I think it's like a, a nice way to, end the season and yeah. I think we should be done yeah. <laughs> until he comes up with Sob Rock 2 still sobbing still, still sobbing that's great Not still sobbing after all these years <laughs> yeah after all these rocks <laughs> yeah huge amounts of skill yoked to some very questionable decision making yeah I think is uh, my summary of this live album um, but yeah very impressive on the technical side um and because I'm on a different computer right now, I don't have my uh, typical list of outro stuff in front of me. So I'm going to have to... Is it a Microsoft my... Word document? No, it's, like... no it's, it's it's on my other computer and I don't have like SSH and setup or anything. For well, that, I'm so. excited to hear you just spitball it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be uh, freestyle rapping my outro here. Uh, 
<laughs> we'll be back next week with question mark. Uh, and until that time, my name is Mark. No, it's not. My name is Mark. <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. I already messed up. No, 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 no. I'm sitting here and it's getting dark outside because it's night and it's after the sun goes down. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, I'm ready to enter a rap battle with M and M. Um, yeah. Until next, we'll be back next week with probably another palate cleanser of some kind. Yeah. This was arguably a palate cleanser. Um, kind of. Kind of. And uh, until that time, you can visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email at boxset.website. Tweet us at Tobias Podcast. If you want to support us, you can do that in a couple different ways. You can He's go on doing iTunes. It. He's doing it. He's doing it. <laughs> you can uh, you can jam those stars, type up those words, which is good for us to do get the reviews and the ratings, which are separate things. If you want to support us even more directly, you can go to our Patreon support.boxhead.website, which we mentioned earlier. Um, you get access to all of our bonus materials. We have some full length ones where we watch some ICP movies and Mamma Mia and yeah. talked about them, which is pretty fun. I would love to watch Mamma Mia too. Yes. We, there's, there's like a backlog of movies we need. Yeah. We need there's like, uh, Oliver Eight and Mile, Company, Oliver and Company, yeah. Yeah. Mamma Mia too. We sh- we need to actually get on it at some point. Like, yeah. Cause we have so much free time. Yeah. We're just like sitting around doing nothing, <laughs> just farting into our own mouths. So we should actually get get on it and make it happen and each other oh yeah and each other's mouths you're right can't forget that that's even more fun probably um but yeah what a lot of what we have well we have a huge uh library uh of of our mini show curated curated content called what's in the box weekly which is a weekly uh culture club which we mentioned earlier but it's it's a good hang we talk oh we already talked about what we talked about yeah yeah, yeah. what we talked about we were talking about what we were talking about um yeah, you should also listen to Cameron's other podcast. It's called Get Up in the Cule, and is and is about traditional musics. Yeah, it it sure is. It sure <laughs> is. It's a good time. Yeah, and I think last week I uh, I think I came across weird or like damning with faint praise when I was like, even if you don't like this genre, you might like it. But <laughs> old time music is better than it sounds. It is better than it sounds. Like I, I like when I was growing up because. My family was involved in, like, the homeschooling community, which is full of all kinds of freaks and psychos. <laughs> there was a certain genre of freaky psycho family that really, really desperately wanted to turn the clock back to the 1840s. Yeah. And, like, the women would wear bonnets and dresses, and the men would, like, tuck in t-shirts into their jeans or whatever, like... Fucked thing they were doing. And go to war and get amputated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and you would see those kinds of families, like, having family bands or playing Carter family songs yeah. or whatever. And so I think for me, for a while, some of that traditional stuff, like, had this the stink of... Psychos. <laughs> like, like the Civil War reenactor type, like, oh, feeling yeah. of, like, these people are too into it, and they seem like they kind of want to live in this world, and that's yeah. not what is good and we don't want to do that it's a living tradition it's escapist to a time that was worse <laughs> yes exactly but but the the real old time stuff that shows up on the podcast and that uh the the real musicians are participating in yeah. is a living tradition that yeah. is contemporary all time is never out of time what's that like, well, tagline of that i mean we'll we'll say we'll just say it's american string band music <laughs> That's what it is. It is. It's it calling it all time is super fraught. It's basically MAGA. <laughs>
<laughs> like, like it's I it think basically it's, is. Yeah, yeah it's like literally like the the term is in you know i still have it in the show but like it's invented to like it was invented like a hundred years ago to be nostalgic about a hundred years before that exactly uh in like, in like antebellum, antebellum. <laughs> yeah. yeah like that's what it's yeah when certain people knew their place yeah. is sort of like <laughs> the unstated <laughs> subtitle oh, maybe i should stop calling it that yeah uh but you know that's how people know it yeah so, exactly whatever um Anyway, that's all I was trying Fiddles, to get. Fiddles, banjos, guitars. Fiddles, banjos, yeah. Nickel harpists sometimes. Nickel harpists, yeah. Electric guitars, keyboards yeah. every once in a while. Every once in a while. All kinds of shit. Go get it. Dulcim. Candid dulcim music eye. making. Yeah. Dulcim <laughs> That's the pearl, I think. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. I've been Nathan Hunt, and I'm part dog. <laughs> I have a camera do it, and the crawl girls are home. <laughs> Firing all cylinders. Uh, the Canote Brothers, old time patriarchs in the good way. Yeah. Uh, in uh, the Pacific Northwest, they've like taught everyone to play string band music. Um, they play this old novelty song called "I Want to Be a Dog." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>